here we are. John and Cass, it's a very podcast. I'm lighting up some incense. Lighting one for our homies, our especially our homies in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're in solidarity with them and their cause and what they're doing. And we fully support what's going on there. And RIP to George Floyd, who was the victim of state-sponsored murder. Mm-hmm. We just got to call that what it is. He is a victim of state-sponsored murder. And as, as much as that outrages me, and as much as that hits on all those things that want to make you punish the person that put a knee on this guy's neck and took his life, I can forgive that guy, but I can't forgive the cops. I'll never forgive the cops. I'll never forgive the police and our policing system in this country. It needs to go. It needs to be abolished. It does not need to be reformed. And if this isn't an example of why, I don't know what will be. Mm-hmm. That's what's so sad about this situation. So we light this. We open up our little ceremony here. And this is for George Floyd. And this is in solidarity with all of our brothers and sisters who are risking their lives to fight back and to show, like, we're not going to fucking take this anymore. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing what you can do like from afar where it's like oh text this and sign this petition and get these guys fired such white people shit well i mean sure yes um that's an important step but it's like a baby step of what really needs to happen like this whole the system's not going to get reformed the system needs to get reformed it's not going to happen through a fucking petition (laughs) <laughs> it never has it never has never well will. even 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 just okay those guys are fired okay those guys are, are are charged okay that that's happening that doesn't change the systematic um oppression and racism that are are that the cops stand for unfortunately well it's this myth of the uh, it's a really dangerous myth to perpetuate this just this myth of the the bad apple cop oh he's just you know that's just a bad apple we just got to get those bad apples out and, and the policing system will be fine in this country. And I think what people need to start questioning is what is our policing system? What are the police and what are they out there doing? And not only that, I think we should question what have been their successes? Because if they were a business trying to stay open, they would have to speak to what their successes are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the successes of the police and mass incarceration in this country have been. I can't speak to it. I don't know what it's been. So I think when you, when you take into account what power is and you take into account what our policing system is predicated on, which, what are the police doing? This is what it comes down to. What, are, what do you think the police are doing? Protecting private property. And enforcing a racist drug war. Mm-hmm. Those are the things they're doing. Okay. And along the way, if some innocent unarmed black men have to die, they got to die. That's not something that's cool. That's baked into the system. That's not bad apple shit. That's mm. baked into the system. I just don't think it's, uh, it's something to applaud. I don't think blue lives matter. I don't think blue lives exist. It's a job. Blue lives don't exist. Okay? Black lives do. And they certainly fucking matter. And we have to start amplifying that message. And we, start have, we have to start questioning deep, deep, deep down why we have police, what they're doing, what fears they're playing us 
Like they, they're hypnotizing us using our own fear. So I, yeah, when, when, when you question it and you realize the job of the police is to protect private property and enforce a racist drug war, you say, how could we knock these people for looting? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the cops are the enforcers of the status quo. They're there to enforce capitalism. And what is capitalism predicated on? The exploitation of labor. And white supremacy. And white supremacy. Really, that's what it's rooted in, you know. So what the cops do is system sustaining. It ain't about keeping you safe. Mm-hmm. It's about keeping the system the way it is. So you got to look at that. You got to question that. You got to question the motivations behind the people that are out there with these badges. Yeah, I, w- I wish the um, conversation wouldn't get so lost and distracted into, well, they don't need to be burning down or looting. Uh, oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. What, uh, what, uh, if, if the police are out there enforcing capitalism, make it so capitalism can't happen there anymore. So private property isn't respected anymore. Make it so, this, is, this is the people's immune system. The, the riots, the looting, the protests, that's our immune system kicking into gear. We don't like it when one of us gets killed, when, when we're an innocent person and we get killed. We don't like it. So what's our immune system got to do? It's got to fucking get up into action. How are you going to get a response without making it so business as usual cannot go down in Minneapolis, Minnesota until we look at this fucking issue? That's it. You got to loot. You have to riot. You're not going to get their attention otherwise. You know, you go, what are you going to go fucking deliver a petition to (laughs) town hall and say, please stop killing us. Well, unfortunately in history, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately we can see that in history, uh, meaningful change has come on the backs of the destruction of property where white people have to decide, is it worth it to us to keep oppressing and uh, holding these racist uh, policies or, or are we more concerned about a dollar? And unfortunately, always, always. they're more concerned about a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. When, when money becomes your God, when fear becomes your God, these things aren't even questioned. What, what you end up doing is questioning the victim. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that's going on. I told you as soon as we got up today, I said, I could name a dozen people who are saying something racist on their Facebook, probably as we speak right now because of what's going on in Minneapolis. Right. That's, that's so sad. But in a way, I was like, they're a gift. Mm-hmm. They're a gift, those people. Because they're showing us where there's work left to be done. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that uh, someone's murdered in the streets for by you know, not cops even, like Amundbury, I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. the name probably wrong. Um, uh, and I see today people are saying, the New York Post puts out a thing saying, in watch him get arrested in 2017 for shoplifting. Oof. You know, like mm-hmm. as, as a, a way of justifying the murder of people. Well, it's a racist dog whistle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the New York Post is owned by Rupert Murdoch. He's an oligarch. He owns a lot of media companies. He's of a class that needs to keep us separated and pointing the fingers at each other. Because soon enough, we're coming for him and his. Right. And they know that. Right. So when something like this happens, that tugs on everyone's heartstrings, whether you're a racist or not, Mm -hmm. no one likes this. 
Nobody likes this. They got to get to work. Places like the New York Post, places like the New York Times, places like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, they got to get to work on a narrative that doesn't have us looking up. Right. They don't want us looking on that vertical plane. They want us separated on that fucking horizontal plane, looking at each other left, right. Oh, are you a liberal? What, what are you, some sort of liberal? Mm-hmm. You don't like black people being killed? What are you, a fucking liberal? Like, they, you know, so they feed us propaganda. Mm-hmm. And is there anything, is there any more fucking disgusting racist dog whistle than a man being murdered in cold blood while he's jogging and then saying, well, you know, he wasn't that good of a person. He, uh, in, in desperation a few years ago, he had to do some shoplifting and he got caught. Mm-hmm. Is there anything fucking more despicable? No. We boil down a human life to that. To, we, we hold someone to their lowest moment and use that as justification as to why the state should be able to kill them without yeah. any trial, without any arrest. It without wasn't even a, the state, yeah. What, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't even the state oh, that killed Oh, in that situation, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it is mm-hmm. when they don't prosecute. Right, exactly. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's state-sanctioned. Mm-hmm. It's saying, oh, you guys, you two vigilantes out there, you found someone who had maybe committed a robbery and you hunted them down. Good for you. We're not going to press any charges. They don't bother looking into that. There was no robberies. There was no burglaries in that area. There was nothing like that. Yeah, so in, it is state-sanctioned. State we're in a very dangerous territory where uh, the color of someone's skin's justification to say that they're a threat and yeah. that you're scared of them. Yeah. Look at this fucking woman in Central Park the other day. Mm-hmm. Did you, you know anything about that situation? Oh, we never talked about it. Um, I ended up talking about it with your mom a little bit. Uh, oh, talking about it with my mom? How's that go? <laughs> <laughs> Did she scream at you for a few minutes and you, you agreed? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it, it just shows that white people understand and people understand what kind of threat they're saying when they call the police. Yeah, that was that was one of the first times that I actually saw that mm-hmm. and felt that. So I think, in case people don't know, it's this situation. I think the woman's name is Amy Cooper, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's weird. The guy has the same last name. He does. Yeah, his name, his last name's Cooper too. I, I can't remember his first name. Uh, yeah, she has her dog off her leash in Central Park. When dogs are off your leash in Central Park, they're going wild and they're running after um, all these birds that land. So there's there's a lot of avid birders. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They go out bird watching. But when a dog's off the leash, the dog terrorizes the birds and the birds fly off and it ruins bird watching. And you're supposed to have your dog on your leash anyway. So this bird watcher, black man, I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking chilling, and he fucking tells this woman, put your dog on the leash. Like, you know, you're running for everyone out here. And she goes fucking totally apeshit. He starts filming her, and she starts strangling her dog, not putting it on a leash. She starts strangling her dog, because why not take your anger out on an animal that can't speak up for itself? I'm actually kind of glad I haven't seen this video. Oh, oh, God, it's fucked up on so many levels. And then she starts screaming about how an African-American man is threatening me. And I'm going to call the cops. And he keeps saying, like, sure, go for it. But, like, you know what she's saying? She's saying, I want you killed. She knows very, very, very well what, what happens when the cops get called on black men that mm-hmm. are being threatening. 
Well, and that's that's why I mean the system is not about just fire firing one cop or four cops or whatever it is. And the part of the reason it's so clear to me that um, cops are never prosecuted when they murder a man in the streets, a man who's begging and pleading for his life, saying I can't breathe, um, is that it it's not like you solve a problem when you fire that one police officer. It no. goes up the line. But it cl- placates the people a little bit, you know. Yeah, I understand that, but it's like the least you can do. But um, it goes up the line as far as who is responsible and, and why we have a system where this is the case and why these things keep happening. And I don't, I don't know, what do you think is, what, do, what, is, what needs to happen? Well, I think I think what is happening is we try to apply this little antidote we think we found with cancel culture. Like, oh my God, we can ruin someone's life. We can totally, we, we can fucking, we can get them, that, that woman got fired. Mm-hmm. That woman in Central Park, you know? So not only these, these cops get fired, like that woman got fired. It's fucking strange as hell, all of this stuff. Like, this wouldn't have happened years ago. And I guess its consequences, her job just was like, we don't tolerate racism. Um... She was like a VP there or something too. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because this, it's not like this stuff wasn't happening before. It's just, we weren't able to see it and not, not every interaction was getting, I mean, every interaction obviously now isn't getting filmed still, but more react interactions between police and people and people yeah. and people are getting filmed. So there's, there's these, this, uh, being able to live in that moment and see what really went down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it should wake us up a little bit. I think that um, we all, nobody's comfortable with that level of injustice. I don't know if anyone sees that video of that guy, of that guy with his knee, that pig with his knee on this guy's neck. I don't think anybody sees that. And I want to just like sh- jump into the frame and punch him in the face. I want to I wanna kick his head like I'm kicking a penalty kick in fucking soccer and mm-hmm. get him off that guy, you know? And that's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not proud for that response, but like, you know, it makes you want to, want to stand up and, and actually fucking put your body on the line. And that's the way we more need to be thinking is until we're willing to put our bodies on the line, like black people are forced to, who the fuck are we to sit here and say, oh, firing them is enough or this is enough or that's enough. It's not, it hasn't been enough. We're not questioning this thing in the right ways, so we're blind to what the real issue is. They, and, and that's the thing. The powers that be, the status quo, the ruling elite, it's their main, their main objective is to keep us hypnotized and distracted and not thinking about this stuff and not actually trying to change the world for the better so it can... So it's safer for more people, so it's a better quality of life for more people. So when I see what's going on out there, I see people that are like, they have a passion for life and they have a passion for justice and uh, they're part of a system that has left them hanging out to dry in so many ways. And it's time for them to fight back. And uh, to me, it's a beautiful thing. And if you're more concerned about private property during times like this than an individual's life, just think about that. Just think about that. You're a victim of your own of of the media hypnosis. If that's right. if if that's what your concern is, right. if you're looking at these looters 
coming out of Target or fucking AutoZone with some shit that they decided to steal to send a message and not looking at the $484 billion that the billionaires in this country just stole from us. They got $484 billion richer since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And what did we get? 1200 bucks if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. This is the fucking seeds for the fucking class war. The class war has been going on. We just haven't been fighting it because we've been blind to it. We've been victims of it. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is what happens. And th this is definitely about police and it's about police brutality, but it's about a lot of other things. And we're going to see that play out. And the media narratives aren't going to tell you that. The media narratives are going to be telling you, hey, this guy wasn't the best dude, just so you know. You know, mm -hmm. that kind of shit. And, oh, we can do slow reform, or this just needs to happen, or we fired him, that's enough. And, no, it's like, okay, fire, prosecute, reform, uh, change the system. I mean, it's it's not enough because it keeps happening. And it's not going to happen in these, like, in incremental changes because the incremental changes, one, one are not happening, and two, have not brought, brought min uh, meaningful change, and three, it's not incentivized. I mean, what incentivizes change is the destruction of property. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I always think of. Um, it wasn't to this extreme, but like it, the, the government shutdown. Remember, that was like the beginning of last year. We had the longest shutdown in American history. The right. longest government shutdown. What ended it? Um, it was, wasn't it the... Uh, the airline workers. Yeah, the flight attendants. So we're not going stuff. to work anymore. Right. And then all of a sudden, business couldn't be done as usual. Right. That's I'd, all they're uh, doing in Minneapolis. Like, um, it was the air traffic controllers, right? The air traffic controllers. Yeah. Once business couldn't be done as usual. Oh no. That the fucking shutdown ended that day. Yeah. And we showed that they work for us. So I think that's the same thing going on in Minneapolis. And I hope to see the same thing breaking out all over this country. Mm -hmm. Really? Now's our time. Yeah. The people have a lot more power if we exercise it. Yeah. You know, we're very disempowered if we don't exercise our powers and our powers aren't necessarily comfortable. And that's where, you know, um, I think most of most people, maybe I fall in this category as well, are are comfortable with um, not wanting to rock the boat, mm -hmm. you know, like not wanting to be agitators, not wanting to do things that wanting to follow the rules. I think the reason this world works is because 95% of us are comfortable following the rules, even if they're fucked up rules. Mm -hmm. But, um, th it's getting so, uh, the just injustices are so bad that following the rules is, um, it's almost immoral. Who made the rules? Yeah. And what are they about? You know, that, that these are things that, that we're not taught to question. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, it, we're, we're so hypnotized that we're taught, and I think most people feel that democracy is about pulling a lever in a voting booth every four years. Right. That's not democracy. <laughs> that is not democracy. Democracy is a process. It's not even something that necessarily gets achieved. It's something you continually fight for the expansion of. The expansion of rights, the expansion of equality, and the expansion of justice. That is what democracy is. And if we don't have that in our head, we're fighting the wrong fight. Mm -hmm. We're fighting their fights. So democracy isn't something that gets solved in, in a voting booth at all. It's actually a million other things. And the, the, the voting booth is just like a, this symbolic thing. But 
I think less democracy is going on in there than most places. But, you know, it, it's it's up to us to say, um, I, I am that dude that just got killed. You know, I am his family. Mm-hmm. I am his brother. I am his cousin. I I am his community, you know, and I'm not cool with that. And I'm willing to put my body on the line. Yeah. And I mean, waking up to the fact that these people who are taxpayer dollars pay to serve and protect are not serving and protecting part of our population. If, if anything, they're a threat to part of our population. And of so course. how can we stand by and and think that having police in our current setup is is anything but um, a huge um, mistake and, and disservice to humanity? It, it is. It's a huge disservice to humanity. It doesn't allow us to um, realize what our problems are and solve them efficiently and solve them humanely. Right. You know, somebody else will take care of it. And there's no nuance in policing. No. Not None whatsoever. No nuance whatsoever. Because there's nothing, there's no nuance in having a gun. Right. If one of us had a gun right now, do you think this conversation would have the same vibe? No. Do you think there would be any softness or would it be tightness? Or would it be power games? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like um, a friend of mine told me how she she called the police on because her and her uh, roommate got into a physical altercation. Mm -hmm. And of course, the police come and and they both get roughed up and and brought to prison or jail. Sorry. Um, Really? Yeah. Well, she's black. Yeah. And so but it's it's there's no mediation skills. No. I mean, there's no effort to de-escalate, de-escalate, uh, common ground. Uh, when, I mean, to hear over and over and over again, um, people saying like, stop, stop. He, he did nothing wrong. He doesn't have a gun. He's not going to stand up because you're going to shoot him. Like to hear that, to hear the calls and the police just standing there with their guns drawn and not being able to, they're like in a, yeah, yeah, they're taught to ignore all that stuff. You know, they're just, they're just going through with their training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, we have people in our lives very close to us that are cops. I hate what it's done to them. It makes you a racist if you weren't already. Well, I can tell you that much. I also think that hundred percent. The the way that um, the system operates, it's not uh, it's not serving cops either. You know, we're not trying to really uh, deal with their PTSD. No. Treat them with um, like that that they are going through things of trauma. That they are the ones to first respond when someone's been shot or when someone something bad has happened you know they are the first responders and and n- i don't think that we should have a culture or a society where pe- there aren't first responders where there aren't people who can help uh, people oh totally i think that in in the the psychedelic socialist future of our dreams there is like dozens of types of first responders that when a when an emergency call gets made certain kinds of first responders get dispatched because i don't i don't think that every form of first response requires a gun Mm -hmm. being drawn you know or a person with a gun i don't understand why it isn't that the cops aren't for aren't anti-gun like wouldn't it make their job a lot safer 
Like, shouldn't they be on the front lines of the anti-gun movement? Yeah, but you're acting like they're not just there to serve commerce to begin with. They they take their orders from the capitalists. Right. You know, the, the, and, and the capitalists have the lobbyists who influence the lawmakers to make the laws in their favor. And then politicians are also scared of the police. Uh, yeah. And, and doing anything. That's they're too powerful. Right. You'll never hear a politician really say what needs to be said about the police in this country. And if they do, the police will come down on them. I remember the police came down on Bruce Springsteen. They wouldn't protect him. Yeah, he was playing Shea Stadium. It was right around, probably the late 90s, early 2000s. He had um, made a song called 41 Shots. Do you remember remember that police killing where uh, a black dude, I believe in New York. Which one? There's there's so many. That's why I like, I'm embarrassed that I don't have the names on the tip of my tongue, but you know. There was this guy in New York, um, and the police surrounded him. He was on his own front porch, and he pulled out his, like, he had his, he had his wallet or something like that. And they were like, gun, and they shot him 41 times. Jesus. And Bruce Springsteen made a song called 41 Shots, American Skin. And uh, the cops wouldn't protect him. Mm. Yeah, I wish. Instead of the cops saying, yeah. That was fucking gross. That's the worst thing. This thin blue line, this like cops protecting cops is so despicable to me because it it, it causes, I think, Americans to have a huge distrust of the police. If, if I can't talk to a cop and then be like, I remember getting in a fight on Facebook back when Eric Garner um, was murdered. Um, was murdered for allegedly selling loose cigarettes. Right. Um I remember like get, getting in a fight with a cop about that being a chokehold. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and that, they, and they, him being clinging like clinging to anything they could cling to as to why yeah, that, that, they that, didn't kill somebody. Yeah. I don't understand that. Why can't, what about the other 900 people? I mean, maybe we could talk about the cop bad apple thing. If other cops were like, yeah, that's just a bad apple. No, but it's, they won't even admit it. No, they won't even admit it. They don't even think like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be like someone uh, trying to get me to say something against you. Just think about it like that. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I don't. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not going down that path. Cass is my girlfriend, you know. That's well, my homie. There's I'm, way too many cops, and 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 the power has corrupted. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're militarized. Right. That's the thing. Is because the powers that be, the people that are that are scared of us. The the it's even less than one percent. Like the point one percent, they know that a real storm is coming. And they can feel it. So they've been militarizing these police forces for years, you know. And and just look at the look at the side by side comparison of of the protesters in Minneapolis and the protesters that have been going to the state capitals completely armed with, with AK forty sevens, right up in the cops' faces, screaming at them, and the cops just like kind of you know doing the thing where they just like look past them and don't react. Right. And meanwhile, they're shooting people with rubber bullets and shooting tear gas into crowds of protesters. <laughs> during a... During a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tear gas is illegal in war. We're not allowed to use it in a military conflict. Oh, I didn't know that. You know that? No, I didn't know We're that. We're not allowed to use tear gas in a military conflict, but we use it on our own people every day. Mm. This country's a shithole. Well, I think th- it's why it's why our president has to call other countries shitholes. Right. Yeah. 
Well, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if someone, if some other country was like, you guys, you are committing crimes against humanity and we have every right to occupy you. Yeah. I mean, like we sit here and we fucking poke at Venezuela and we poke at Iran and we poke at North Korea and we poke at China and we fucking fuck with them. We poke at Cuba, you know, we, cause, because their way of life threatens ours. Because their system of, of looking out for their people, first and foremost, is not the way we want to do it here. But we'll invade those places. We'll bomb those places on behalf of the oligarchs. We'll do that to keep their people in line, to switch their systems. Imagine if Venezuela occupied Flint, Michigan, and sent troops in and said, yeah, you're being, this is, this is uh, biological warfare. This is chemical warfare. Right. You know, people are being poisoned. They've been being poisoned. They haven't had clean water since 2014. Imagine if Venezuela or Iran or some country that thought they had the moral leg up on us came in here and fucking occupied or started setting up military bases Maybe and keeping Canada an eye on should. us. Maybe Canada should. Maybe Canada should occupy us. The fucking, well, I mean, no, <laughs> what we need to do is do our best to dismantle this empire from within and dismantle capitalism from within and dismantle white supremacy w- from within. That's so hard to imagine. I mean, it's, I think I've said this before and it's, it's become common knowledge. That it's easier to imagine the end of the world you know, like a meteor hitting us and the world exploding than to imagine an alternate to capitalism, even mm. though capitalism hasn't even been around. It's um, been around for a blink of an eye. Right. And we think it's the only way. And all these jokers say, oh, but you're, you're in capitalism. You're going to complain about it? Yeah. Yeah, because I had no choice. I don't remember signing up for this. Well, and also there's just better ways. Like our criminal justice system is not just one. It it actually hurts people, it hurts communities, it hurts families. Um, and we just, I don't know why we're not going to, I mean, I do know why, and I'm sure you could tell me why, but more common sense things. Common sense as far as like, okay, if we traumatize a criminal more, he's just going to go do more crime, you yeah. know? Or this person is create, cause, doing crime because he's been traumatized because of, of the exploitation of systems because of um, the oppression of communities. And why, why isn't it our human instinct, our better instinct, why isn't our systematic instinct to look at a problem, realize that we're making the problem worse, not better, and to do real solutions that help people? Because it's not system sustaining. And you have to understand who's in charge and the fight that's ahead of us. And it, it's not just going to be, you know, it, it's like that another dangerous myth, the the benevolent billionaire. Right. You know, well, why can't Bill Gates just fucking use his money to forgive student loan debt? Why can't Bill Gates or Elon Musk, uh, you know, make sure that that homelessness is ended? They have enough money themselves to do that, mm-hmm. to make sure homelessness is ended in this country. Why don't they do that? Well, because you, what you were saying, because it wouldn't be system sustaining, but I don't understand. I'm sorry to just to keep saying I don't understand, but I don't understand why we don't see that if we had universal basic income and there was a line before, but be, um, that below people which don't, no one fell. Yeah, that it would support commerce because people would be able to afford stuff. It would decrease crime because people aren't starving and hungry and desperate. Mm. It would. Uh, decrease um drug abuse because 
a lot of drug abuse is um, out of uh, desperation, um, mental health desperation and that sort of thing because of self-worth and different things like that. Like, I just, I see so many ways that universal basic income doesn't serve just each, each person on an individual basis of, but it serves like the entire community. Well, I, th- I think that the reason we're not, we don't go towards that is because it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't play into the narrative of like the, the merit, the, the bullshit meritocracy. Well, the winners and losers. Yeah. It, and it would be, it would be acknowledging problems we don't even want to acknowledge because right now it's really easy to point fingers and just be like, get a job. Oh, you already have three? Well, get another one. I mean, I, it worked out for me. I'm fucking fine. Why don't you get a fucking another job? You right. know, it's really easy to be like that. But I, I think when you start talking about universal basic income and all those uh, and, and uh, Medicare for all, these things that are just so obvious they should be centrist policies, I think you're talking about tearing down a system that a lot of people rely on, I think that you're talking about decreasing economic inequality and the capitalists and the oligarchs and the greed that flows through every cell in their system does not agree with that. So they're going to fight and they're going to fight and they're going to fight. They're well, not going to give us that. Look, they're, they're not freezing rent or mortgage during this. Yeah, that's that, No right? one's been able to work through March, April, May, and now into June and there has not been any legislation that has to do with freezing, canceling, suspending rent, l- student loan payments, credit cards, gas bills, utilities, all these things. So what are they trying to do? They're not doing what you said. They're not planting seeds and, and, and making a beautiful new garden from this. The disaster capitalists have said, fuck waiting for the disaster. Let's just create it. Right, property decreases, they scap it up. A, way, a wave of desperation is coming our way as people, as they hang us out to dry. A wave of desperation is coming our way that will allow them to privatize whatever they want to privatize. It will allow them to point at any institution and say, look, that's failing. We're going to privatize that. We're right. going to take that over. The post office. And- oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But trust me, they're licking their chops and... The more that they can hang us out to dry, the cheaper things will be. The more we're going to have to fight back. The, the, the cheaper things are going to be for them. Right. Like they, they keep, they keep cre- they're creating a tidal wave of desperation that some economists that I trust, that are actually left-leaning, are saying it's going to take us at least a decade to get anywhere near out of this. And look who suffers the most. The lower class, poor minority communities and then the cops are going to go around and kill them it's going to be a long summer for the pigs well right now i mean 80 percent of arrests in new york social distancing arrests have been people of color so there's just a huge disparity especially in new york city where you know if you if you're in a white neighborhood and you go to the park you are handed a mask yeah no one's been arrested in our park down the road here they've been handed masks but if no you, one gets arrested. But if you're, you know, if you're in Harlem, yeah, then you're then you're getting arrested. Yeah. I mean, the the parks are locked. I mean, we were driving by certain communities and they, the parks were just like barred up and locked. Mm. And here it's like, oh, la di da. Yeah, yeah. Because they, that's what they wanted to do already. 
they want to criminalize certain communities, whether it's marijuana or well, they have windows. to. They they have to criminalize these communities because they don't serve capitalism, or or they do because they very much fall on the loser side of things. But they're not they're not interested in uh, having those people live free lives. They're not interested in that. This is why we have to we we criminalize the people that get caught on the wrong side of the the winners losers paradigm of capitalism. We mm -hmm. criminalize those people. We destroy their communities. Well, because cops can, and if you and if you arrest some rich guy who can afford some lawyer, you're it's too much trouble. It's too much trouble to try to do anything against Trump, you know. And that's yeah. where it's like because he can defend himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, our our for profit. A criminal justice system is going to uh, try to, if anything, to target the people that can't defend themselves. You know, look what look what Cuomo just did. Our great, our uh, you know, the, the media wants to make him the the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, Mario Cuomo is oh Andrew Cuomo. His yeah. father was Mario Cuomo, a little bit more of a decent man who I had the pleasure of spending some time with and interviewing. Um, his son Andrew Cuomo is a shitheel. He's a fuckhead. And he used this opportunity to roll back bail, bail reform. Right. You know, while no one's looking. Right. He rolls back bail reform. I also saw after a campaign contribution, he made it so you can't sue, like, the nursing homes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. negligence. No, of, of course. Yeah. How convenient. How convenient. Yeah. So, you know, th these are the people that uh, we've put in charge. And I think that when we're in this moment of pandemic and lockdown... We have to take a real look at these systems, a sober look at these systems, and using this George, this George Floyd situation as an example, and say, how do we want to move forward? You know, to me, it's uh, it's about a decentralized, a decentralizing of power. I don't think that that power should be so centralized. I I don't think that there should be um, people that can commit murders and get away with it. I really don't. Oh yeah, that the 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 badge like the the, the badges become some license to kill. Mm -hmm. You know? License to be an asshole. License to be above the law. License to beat your fucking wife, you know? Mhm. Mm All these things. It's it's pretty fucking awful. And you know, uh, my my vision for the future, I was just thinking about this the other day. I don't have it fully formed, you know. I'm not like a comedian who has his material all sharpened and everything. I think that's why I like the podcast is kind of we figure out what, what we think. But we talk all the time about a Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. A Green New Deal and putting people to work and transforming this country and, and this and that. But the Green New Deal does not go far enough. Nearly, It doesn't address fossil fuels. It doesn't address our addiction to extracting fucking energy from this planet it it doesn't uh it doesn't just it doesn't go nearly enough to do what we have to do to save this planet and to help pe free people from subjugation so what i want to do is make the chill new deal because <laughs> i think that this pandemic has shown us some things that we could actually run with like why the fuck do people still commute to work all the time mm-hmm when you don't have to, unless that's absolutely necessary. Like, why can't we adjust our values to be like, think it's crazy that somebody would be in a car for an hour to go somewhere. 
Like that, oh, that, sit, that would just be inappropriate. To sit at some large table where they can overhear everyone else's conversations and have no privacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that'd be part of the chill new deal is like, you know, a commute over a certain amount of time should not even be on the table. Working from home. Nationalize the payroll. No one. There, why would anyone ever? Why would somebody losing their job for whatever circumstances lead to them being on the streets? Why even have a country? Why even have a federal government? Why even pretend that we're one thing here if we can't look out for each other in that situation? Nationalize the payroll. Everybody fucking, oh, you, you lost your job? Cool, we got you. You know? No, why the fuck did 30 million plus people lose their jobs and therefore their only way of income during this? That's an embarrassment. That's an embarrassment. It's just like, we can do way better. Well, when you lose your job, you lose your health care in this country. Yeah, that's part of the chill new deal is like, hey, chill. You're not going to go. We're not going to weaponize the workplace by saying that's the only place that you can go to get health insurance. You know, that's part of the chill new deal. It's like it literally every part of the chill new deal could start with chill. <laughs> chill. We don't need to do it like that anymore chill chill we're not gonna lock you in a cage chill we're, we're not gonna lock you in a cage and you know uh, this is a whole nother podcast i guess but our, our military is the same thing mm -hmm. it's just what we're it, you know the the bullshit that's going on in Mi minneapolis we export that that's one of our finest exports brutality abroad terrorizing people occupying their places killing people extraditiously that's one of our biggest exports. That's what the world thinks of us. They look around and they see thousand military, U.S. military bases all over the world. They see our military budget. Fucking, you take the, the next 10 behind us and combine them and it doesn't come anywhere near our military budget. You know, we're scared. <laughs> and we export violence and we export yeah. murder. And we kill people with drones. And we blow up weddings. And we blow up 50 farmers who are just doing their fucking job. And we say, mm, I don't know. And then we blow up a fucking, a ship of doctors. And we say, oh, fuck. Yeah, Shut it fucking down. You're not getting another dime of my tax money if 60% of it's going to this fucking war machine. You're not getting another dime of my tax money if the police department that I'm funding is killing people. That's not their job. You know? These are things that is the way we have to start thinking. You have to question it up and down. And, and when, when you get scared and you say, oh, no, but wh who's going to protect us? Stop being so fucking scared and think about why they have you scared and who they have you scared of and why you're not scared of them to begin with because they're the ones with the power. They're the ones with the weapons. They're the ones who own all the media. They're the ones who pump out propaganda. It's time for us to fight back. It's, it, I mean, we, we honestly... We can't just sit around and allow this to continue and not make a concerted effort to overthrow the powers that be, to start a revolution, to end the American empire, and all the fucking disgusting nonsense that goes along with it. We can't, like, we have to go to these big goals. We have to get into a revolutionary mindset because... They're in a revolutionary mindset. They know. They know what we're fixing to do and what the inevitable is because it's played out time after time after time in history.
and you know we're 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 in a situation now where it looks like it's coming to a head and i hope it is and, and you know why i hope it is not because my life will get better my life's already good it's because the people that are considered below me in the class structure their life will get better that's who i have solidarity with okay i don't care if i have to pay more in taxes so so they can eat i don't care if i have to pay more in taxes so there's no such thing as unemployment so there's no such thing as homelessness so there's no such thing as someone starving or going without medicine i don't care i'll gladly pay more in taxes that's what society's about that's what working together is about that's what collaboration's about you know that ain't a bad thing yeah hopefully hopefully I smoke a fucking joint we'll see the light collectively you know, this won't lead to just further divides. It will and it won't. I just think it's it's not going to be pretty, you know. The, the, the liberal whites who are sitting there wringing their hands over this looting don't understand. They don't understand. They're blind. They're not paying attention to what's really going on and they're thinking about their own self-interest. But if they were thinking in terms of class solidarity and ending racism and ending white supremacy and burning capitalism and making something that works for all of us. I think that they would be right there fighting alongside of us, but their values are different. They've been trained. They've been hypnotized. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why these kind of conversations are so important is to kind of we can all bring a little bit to the table and say, oh, this doesn't make sense, though. Because, I mean, if you don't talk about what makes sense, it's hard to see it, you know? Yeah. We get so, like, hypnotized, like you're saying, distracted mm. into, oh, this is the way society is. And it's like, who created this? Wait, why is it the way this is? Why? Who's in charge here? Why did we put them in charge? Are they, are they, have they proven themselves to be able to r remain in charge? Are they helping more than they're hurting? Are they hurting more than they're helping? Like these are yeah. important. We as a society need to engage more. It's it, always, it, it's, it's always people that haven't woken up to their own divinity that have no problem with what's going on and can be glib and kind of like, eh, whatever, shut up. You know, it's always people that they haven't woken up to their own divinity. So therefore they couldn't see it in another person. And they see someone exploited and they don't understand that that's that person's one chance at life. You get one fucking shot. I get one shot at Sean as far as I know. That's sacred. That's sacred. And I hope that if I was in a cage that you would realize that you are me and that my one shot at life shouldn't be spent in a fucking cage or being monitored by the state or being told what to do, what to say, where to go. That those things should be off the table. And, and I'm not even talking about incarceration. I'm talking about work. <laughs> That's how most people are incarcerated. They incarcerate themselves. Mm -hmm. They go into their little jail cell every day and they lock the door. And they come out 40 years later. And they say, where, where did it all go? Where did all the time go? What did I do? I slaved away. Because I made my priorities about the accumulation of stuff. Well, also the accumulation of stuff for someone who's uh, benefiting more than you for about a, a, with a job that you're not, you know, you're making money for someone else to make more money. Oh, my God. Je I mean, Jeff Bezos is, is the richest man in the world by far. 
and his employees are the most exploited in the world by far. Mm -hmm. And people hold him in high regard. Mm. You know? It, it would be like pla praising the plantation owners. Well, it's like, like we, are you fucking kidding like me? Like, we used to have kings, and then we were like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. can't we see that this is a modern... We're in a modern king situation. And that well, and, and and people want it. People people like it for the most part because they haven't woken up to their own kingdom. Mm -hmm. So they like that they have a daddy figure. They like that the police are going to come and spank somebody and kill somebody and fucking... They love all that shit. Yeah. They love it because they're not awake to who they are. And once you do, you can't ignore all the stuff we're talking about. Once you wake up to your own divinity and your interconnectedness and how much we are reliant on each other, it's hard to not care. It's hard to go back asleep to me. It's hard to hit the fucking, this, the snooze button continually. And that's all these white liberals are doing who are hand-wringing about looting or, or trying to say, well, you know. If they only wouldn't loot, maybe they could get some progress. It's yeah. like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't fucking know. No. No, you don't know. So shut the fuck up. Like, you know, I, that's what it always comes down to to me. Are are you uh are are you an Afghani farmer who was killed in a poppy field just doing his job? No? Okay. Shut the fuck up about supporting drone strikes. You don't fucking know shit. Are you in prison? Is someone that you love in prison? No? Shut the fuck up about how that system works. It doesn't. Inform yourself. Go in there yourself. Until then, I don't want to fucking hear about it. Have you ever gone bankrupt or watched your family struggle through financial heartache because of a fucking health crisis? No? Shut the fuck up about your opposition to Medicare for all. Shit's worked out for you. It's a wake up. You know, if somehow you've skated through the American experience and not fucking felt these institutions fucking with you, good for you. You've been lucky. Trust me, they want you. <laughs> you've been lucky. So shut the fuck up about your opposition to those things or get in solidarity with the people that it's affecting most. Because like I'm saying, this shit isn't affecting me directly. You know, some guy being killed in Minneapolis, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't change anything it changes something in here because i i can't go back to the level of awareness i was at before i'm letting i'm letting this affect me i'm letting it radicalize me i'm letting it wake up my immune system that fucking knows what to do and has always known what to do and i think everyone knows that you know and i think just outside that box that little that constraint box that capitalism puts around our creativity and everything just outside of that is like everyone like we all have that in us when we can transcend that that inner capitalist fucking small way of thinking the possibilities are endless the possibilities are endless and that's fucking great like there's a lot to be psyched about for humanity if we could start to get over these things and even that that's something to be psyched about i think Fighting the good fight, getting in there, you know, standing up for people, speaking to it. You see, I'll do it. I'll fucking call someone out if they just say casual racist shit around us or casual sexist shit or transphobia or whatever. I'm not even trying to be like a fucking 
like a social justice warrior. It's just more like, hey, this is our community. We want to make it better. We want to make it more positive. We want to make it more inclusive. When you're using that kind of language, you're creating walls, and we're just pointing that out. Yeah, because, I mean, there's the overt racism, but then there's also the systematic racism. There's mm. the casual racism. There's all these things that... Um, yeah, do you see the, the racism iceberg? Yeah, I, I posted that. Oh, yeah, that's probably where I saw it. <laughs> that would be a fucking... Uh, yeah, that, that'd be an interesting thing. to it, Look up racism iceberg. It's a, yeah. It's a good thing to Google very interesting info graph or whatever they call those. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we're, we're in the long fight. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like that. It doesn't need, it doesn't need to stay, stay like this and, and things need to change. So I think the more that we collectively wake up to how badly things need to change and keep our eye on the prize and not get distracted by someone's past behavior or what looting happened or what happened and realize that there's is, is there, core injustice. Is there anything in my life that you know, you've known me 10, 11 years. Is there anything in my life that you think that I've done in my past that would warrant a cop killing me today? Uh, no, but I, I think that of most people that's, but that's what I'm saying. That's how utterly ridiculous that is. That's I'm sure they could drag some, well, I'm sure they could drag some stuff on, up on you if they wanted to though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we've put out so much stuff at this point. Somebody could go through and fucking make me into whatever they wanted to make me into this. But this is what I'm saying. You got to question the people that are coming with that contrarian bullshit energy when there's just straight up injustice mm -hmm. happening right in front of your eyes it's like are you trying to increase your immunity to injustice by justifying and validating all your fucking nonsense because it's too painful that's really i mean that's what it comes down to for most people it's too fucking painful and they want to have a reason to easily write off George Floyd's life or Eric Gardner's life. Or, you know, he, he resisted arrest. So, Oh, cool. That's enough. It's like, he's lying there handcuffed and his knee is on his neck and he's saying, I can't breathe. And this is over, uh, sup supposedly a forged, uh, a check, a bad check. Are you kidding me? That's what this was about. Yeah. It was yeah, some grocery store clerk called the cops because he like, allegedly tried to maybe write a, a bad check or something like that or just uh, forge some sort of god forbid to pay something. it's time to die <sighs> well it pains me i mean cops better watch out honestly it's gonna be a long summer for the pigs it's gonna be a long summer because i don't i think the immune like you said the immune system's um waking up you know you saw it last summer with people getting involved when Cops were arresting people in the subway and, and people just like filming and getting in the middle of it. And, and cops are scared to be filmed and they should be. Yeah. They should film be, cops. That's definitely film cops. That's, you know, and, and, uh, when you see it burning, let it burn. Let it burn. It's burning right now. Okay. Yeah. Don't cry over a dollar general. Come don't on. Don't cry over a fucking dollar general or a target or a fucking auto zone. Those places are burning to send a message to say business as usual will not be done in our communities when you're treating us like this. And if you ask me, they should keep going, keep going harder and harder and harder. They're on the front lines. They're on the front lines, man. 
should be fucking cheering them, cheering them on. Sad day. Mm -hmm. Fucking really, really, really sad day in America. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. To hear people talking about looting and not even question for a second $484 billion that's been stolen from us. Yeah. God damn. I mean, a, a life was stolen from from us. Yeah. From all of us. Yes, that family, but a life was stolen from all of us. Yeah. Lives are being... The ineptitude with this virus. Lives are being stolen from us left and right. Oh, absolutely. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying in this country. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about some of this stuff. Yeah. Much to continue. I appreciate. You're trying to wrap it up. You want to wrap it up. Well, I mean, this was a powerful episode. I think. Yeah. Keeping it, keeping it there is what's up. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I this mean, was cathartic. Yeah. And if you have some bright ideas, let us know about them. Yeah. Let's let's render out. The, the chill new deal. This is a new idea, but I think that we deserve a chill new deal. A, a future that works for us all. And isn't about work. It's about spaciousness. It's about giving this planet time to recover. It's about taking a breather. It's about the inward journey. Not running around like fucking assholes. The chill new deal. Yeah, let's work on it together. It's not just our idea. Like I want, I want people to come up and and submit. Uh, I want people to submit ideas for what the Chill New Deal would be all about. And like maybe one day we'll do a Chill New Deal podcast where we're just like, here's what it is. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, we we co-create our reality, yeah. and and we want to co-create a better reality. So yeah, that requires us to engage and show up and question. This things. isn't the time for spiritual bypass and saying like this isn't happening. Whatever, don't focus on this and that. No, that that's that's bullshit. This is happening. A guy lost his life in uh, the most unjust, cruel, cold-blooded, undignified way you possibly could. And if we're not using that as an excuse to wake up, I don't know what we're going to fucking use. So let's use it. I'm sure that George Floyd would fucking love that if he knew that we were fucking going to use this as the excuse to never let this fucking happen again. You know? And to make the cops scared of us again. And to make sure that they know that they're working for us. And if you want to know our opinions, abolish the police. Abolish the prisons. Sow better seeds. We can make a better future. Thanks for listening. It's a very podcast. We're Sean and Cass. We have a radio show called Church of Chill that is on the Very podcast feed on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And we have this YouTube show, if you're watching. And if you're not, check us out on YouTube. It's a lot more interesting. YouTube.com slash Yes. Thanks again. Peace and love.